Hello and welcome to an ep- another episode of Myths and Stories, a Destiny 2 lore podcast. Uh, so, we have, up until now, been discussing the most recent uh, season and dungeon that came out, Season of the Deep and Ghosts of the Deep, uh, and have have really been enjoying our time with that and kind of seeing how that story evolves. But, as we discussed in our last episode, there's another kind of teaser that I uh, came about in the recent weeks. Um, and that is the teaser for the final shape. Um, and in that teaser, a particular character is revealed and, uh, it, it dawned on us that there's a decent amount of the population, uh, that plays the game or, or played and has fallen off or, or, you know, whatever your circumstance may be that don't actually know anything about who that is outside of perhaps the name. Uh, And so we thought this would be a good opportunity to really delve into uh, who was Cade Six and why were they so beloved and uh, still have an effect on some of the characters in game to this day. Because he's just downright dang old awesome, man. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah, there. for sure. Whole episode done. <laughs> Pack it up, go home. No. Uh, yeah, no, Kate is, Kate is definitely a... a I, I don't know. He, he's so central to the Destiny universe, and he, he's, he's still not... He, he, like a lot of people may not even know who he is. Like I, we were thinking through this the other day of like different strikes and stuff. There's, there are some strikes that still has his uh, dialogue in it um, as if he is, is leading that strike. Uh, so it's, it's, it is an odd thing for him not to be in the universe. Um, but like, like we said, like the reveal trailer showed uh, with Lightfall, like he's coming back. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's to me. It's it's a it's a two part thing. Uh, one is all the 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 juicy bits that we get to cover here in this podcast, which is the lore bits of of the man they call Cade Six. Uh, the other half of it is like the real life uh, interactions of the voice actor uh, Nathan Fillion uh, for Cade Six. Uh, so, and and this this is I don't remember what articles or, or anything. I, I, that this came from, but uh, I do remember. Uh, I th- I'm 99 sure that Bungie made this specific role specifically for Kate for for they they made Kate Six for Nathan Fillion like that was that was always planned from the get go uh, because of um, Nathan Fillion's role in the TV series Firefly and movie Serenity, uh, which was very space cowboy. Uh, and that's that to me is what the hunter is is he is the ultimate space cowboy uh, in the destiny universe they're very lone wolf they're very they, they have their own code like they have their own kind of set of rules as as hunters and 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 I don't want to say like their own morals and stuff like that but the hunters are very you know kind of they're, they're like their own little gang uh, within the within the destiny universe and uh, like I said Nathan Fillion I, I feel like filled that role fantastically he was oh, yeah. he, he he very much knew how to how to pull off that space cowboy vibe and and I, I granted it is it's it's not full on acting it is just voice acting for the game but he definitely has that that vibe about him 
and and that charisma about him. And so when when he did when he did die, <laughs> not Dave Fillion, <laughs> Cade. Um, when Cade died, it was it was a huge loss to the Destiny community. And so then to to see him coming back, uh, it's that's a that's a fantastic thing. Like he's he's absolutely my wife's favorite character. So yeah, she'll she'll probably uh, have these episodes on. Uh, favorited and repeat for a while. <laughs> yeah, no, he's he's uh, a really interesting character. Uh, I'm I'm glad to see him come back. I've got my own kind of thoughts about that, but that's this isn't the place for it. I uh, I am excited to see Nathan Fillion reprise the role, absolutely, because he does do a fantastic job. Um, yeah. and so what we're going to be doing is we're going to do kind of the history of Cade, the same way we've done with some other characters like Drifter or Eris or whatnot. Uh, and we're going to go from as far back as we can up to, you know, his, his eventual death, uh, and all the things that happened in between. And I, I hope that this will be a good introduction to this character for those that did not get the chance to experience him in game. And even for those that did, get to experience Kate around and, and maybe played through everything that his character was a part of to maybe understand a little more about the character, because what we saw, what he portrayed in a lot of the, uh, you know, cutscenes and interactions and whatnot, there, there was more going on underneath. Uh, and we get to see a, a peek behind the curtain a little bit here. So, yeah, so yeah, but uh, that's the plan, and we're going to get right into it then. Uh, so we're going to be jumping around through a couple different source materials here. Uh, one that you're going to hear referenced a lot is called uh, The Man They Call Cade, which is a lore book that dropped with Forsaken. As well as a reference to uh, Firefly. Yes, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's an episode, if, if y'all didn't know, there's an episode in Firefly called The Man They Called Jane, uh, which is all about Jane. So again... More yeah. more credence led to that, like, this role was made as a space cowboy, and <laughs> Nathan Fillion filled it beautifully. Yeah, so a lot of it's going to come from that. Um, we're also going to see a few things come from a collection of items called Mementos from the Wild, which were uh, pages that you picked up in Destiny 1 as you went around to uh, hidden treasure chests that Cade had stashed away in various places for a, a particular quest. Um, and uh, we're also going to uh, be looking at the Taken King Collector's Edition um, lore book, which was uh, essentially a, a journal of sorts um, from Cade. And... When I say journal of sorts, so what he did is he broke into the speaker's room, found the oldest book he could find, and then wrote journal entries over top of the text that was already there. Uh, that's, that's, I like it. That's, that's a total, yeah. Yeah. He would do that. Yeah. So, um, so we're going to see some of that as well. Uh, but most of this is going to be from the from a first-person perspective. Most of this is written as either a journal entry or as a letter from Cade to somebody else. Um, so a lot of this is going to be in first-person, which is a little different than some of the 
the other stuff we've read, but I think it works really well for telling Cade's story. Well, and I, I think it's, it's, uh, I think his story being told this way, uh, it's, it's all him. Like, yeah, I, I don't feel like any part of this is some type of falsehood or, or like what we had with Eris Morn, where we don't really know her origins. We, like we kind of have an idea. Yeah, we have a decent idea of like where she was born from Fenchurch's research, but you know, then there's the book to power thing or truth to yep. power book that says, Oh no, she was in, you know, golden age Russia or whatever. Right. Uh, but with all this being a first person account, yeah, we can take this. I, I hesitate to say it, but we can pretty much take all this as, as the truth. Like there's no, I don't feel like there, there'll be any falsehoods in this. I mean, not intentionally, at least. Okay. Um, so yeah, we're going to get right into it then. We're going to start off with uh, chapter one of The Man They Call Cade. Uh, and it goes like this. All joking aside, maybe I've made some mistakes. Maybe some more recently than others. Hard to believe, I know. But maybe it's true. Maybe. Here's the thing about mistakes. You learn from them. Again, this is assuming the theoretical concept of me having made some mistakes is true. So yeah, maybe that's what I'm doing. Trying to learn from these very hypothetical slip-ups. Turning inward, they call it. They, being Ikora. Eris calls it something different. Eris calls a lot of things something different. Eh, I miss her. But here I am stalling, buying time. This ain't easy for me. Thought it would be easy, I mean, or at least easier than this. Thought a lot of things would be easier. Hell, thought a lot of things about a lot of things. But maybe that's what makes me the person I am. Makes any of us part of humanity. All our big thoughts and big plans, hopes and dreams and all that squishy nonsense. Okay, fine, look. If I'm playing at honesty, and I think that's what I'm doing here, maybe those hopes and dreams are all that really matter. Just not losing sight of them is the hard part. Life is full of those little distractions that fudge the edges, make those hopes and dreams a little blurrier. That's the power of maybes. I suppose the temptation of playing both ends against the middle. Maybe provide wiggle room. And I like my edges fudgy, and I love me some wiggle room, but I'm going to stay true to this whole rambling, dear diary, how-do-you-do business. I guess what I'm saying is, I guess what I'm saying is I'm sick of maybes. And if I'm a straight shooter, and I'm nothing if not, then I got to shoot straight. And even when there ain't a gun in my hand. So let's Let's keep this between me and you, okay? So here's the deal. My name is Cade Six, and this is my story. And that's the end of chapter one. Well, let's dive right in, baby. <laughs> I, I love that it, it has that vibe to it, that, that, because that's, that's very much Cade, like this, like, kind of like loose, play it by the, the seat of your pants. Yeah. Like, I don't know. He's, he's very, he's, he's, 
I don't want to say he's like off the rails, but he's just he he plays it loose. Like he he doesn't really have a a true set of he he's not like uh what would, would you call that chaotic neutral? Uh, chaotic good maybe. Like he wants maybe, to do good. Yeah, yeah I'd, he I'd just, go with chaotic good. He just doesn't necessarily like if doing good means not following the rules then he's okay with that yeah yeah like i i think of when i think of like uh like uh, uh zavala he he's lawful good all day long yeah like that's 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 the that is the epitome of lawful good um i think ikora could possibly be like lawful neutral um yeah, she like yeah kind like I mean, who builds a Vex gate in the center of the city? Maybe that wasn't like the best of ideas, but whatever. Uh, so yeah, like Kate is very much yeah. I like that chaotic good. Yeah, he'll get shit done, but it's gonna get weird. Yep. So we continue on with his story in chapter two, titled "Call." And it goes. Now to be clear, yeah. The plan is to tell it like it is, but don't expect every little detail to play out. I'm going to hit the important stuff, sure, but what I'm really after here is a sense of... a sense of me. Because once you understand me, you just might understand where I'm coming from. Why I do the things I do, and why I've done the things I've done. So, read between the lines if you have to, but end of the day... Everything that matters should be readily apparent. And if not, well, you're not paying attention. So here goes. Us exos, we're haunted. Sounds ominous, I know, and maybe a bit of a stretch, but really, it's the best word. Kind of sets the stage in a way that the raw facts just don't. See, guardians have all got past lives, but... Unless you returned with any definitive info on your person or in proximity, looking at you, Bray, that past life, or lives, was or were, wiped clean, gone, reborn in the light and all. You become what you become. Exos, though. We've got ghosts in our machines. Not capital G, open doors, and no things ghosts. I mean, like, fragments of... I don't know, pieces of something that could be memory? Whatever it is, it's enough to give us a starting point to maybe, possibly, imagine who we were before we became who we are. And then there's the dreams, but I ain't touching that with a ten-foot arc staff. Me? I'm one of the lucky few. The fudgy flashes of that old exo life weren't all I had to go on. See, the me that was in my life before my trusty capital G ghost found me kept journals, like mementos, fragments of my prior life that give me a baseline of who I was. The journals are personal, and I keep personal close to the chest. I've shared a few pages, sure, but only with right-minded types who could find a little value in seeing the man behind the myth. Yeah, myth. I said it. Who are we kidding? You've heard of me. Who hasn't? Point is, I don't make a show of personal business. First, because it's my fuel to burn. 
Second, because Big Blue ain't a big fan of his guardians poking around what they used to be. Something about duty and rules and not losing sight of why we were chosen. But more than any of that, most of us chosen ones just don't have the luxury of a past. So rubbing it in doesn't seem right. Look, all I know is when I rejoined the land of the living, the pre-light version of me was kind enough to lend a guiding hand. I took that hand, gave it a high five, and followed its example the best I could. All this time later, I may not know my true purpose. I leave the big-ticket existential questions to the warlocks, but I do know this. My calling is to do good. Maybe not always be good, you know, but do good. There's a difference. And I don't always go about it in a manner that fits the textbook definition of hero or team player. I'm looking at you, Big Blue. Just know I might dance to my own tune. But we're all at the same hoedown. Or something like that. And that's the end of chapter two. I just love how like vaguely he describes everything. <laughs> he never he never just comes right out and says, "Hey, I am an exo." Da 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 blah blah. Like it's it's not it's not like cut and dry like like you're reading it from a textbook. Like he's even in his own journals, he's very. But I mean that's that's like anyone in their own personal journals. They yeah. they very much write in the same way they think and talk. Uh, so yeah, so it's he's very he's very cade in this. Um, and he touches on a lot of things here. Uh, obviously, the fact that he is an EXO. He is Cade 6. Uh, and mm-hmm. we've talked about all the EXOs in our Brace series. Uh, he talks about how, you know, there's not really... You're not really supposed to go diving around in your past uh, unless you kind of do so under the radar. And, and obviously, Bray has done... Anna Bray has done so. Right. <laughs> uh, uh, but again, she has, she has that luxury that Cade also had of waking up or, or being res, being revived as a, as a guardian next to a bunch of stuff that like, Hey, this has my picture on it. This has my name on it. Like, or this has a name with my picture on it. This is weird. Like, what does this mean? Like, so yeah, it's, um, to, to have that luxury. And, and I like how Cade puts it. We're like, not everybody has a past. Not everybody has something that that when they get res, they have stuff around them to remind them that they were something before a guardian. And so for him to like go around and flaunt it almost feels like it's like rubbing it in. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. It was uh, a perspective I hadn't thought about in regards to that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is, this is, uh, yeah, this is, this is, this is a, this is an interesting, uh, interesting beginning to this story. Yeah. So, uh, we continue and yeah. I, I will I will tell you now if you haven't already guessed, Cade kind of meanders a little bit with his his writing. I uh, a little bit, <laughs> a, a lot of bit. Um, also, also, if anyone didn't catch on, Big Blue is Zavala. Yeah, Big Blue is Zavala. I say, you know, I, he mentioned Eris and Ikora by name, but yeah, yep. um, I don't think he ever because the <laughs> in my entire memory of him. He only has mentioned Zavala by name once, and that's when he was like, Zavala needs me. Like, <laughs> yeah. he said those exact words. That's the only time I can remember him saying something other than, you know, Big Blue or Big Guy or... Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. Um, so some of these entries are going to be that 
a little more meandery, but not all of them. Uh, like I said, we're not all, it's not just going to be this book. It's just the, the start, uh, you know, starts with, with these chapters. Uh, so the next chapter here is going to be, uh, titled first stake. Uh, and it goes like this. Like I said, made a deal with myself long ago. If people needed help and I could do the helping, I would. So I do. Yeah, when that help returns a bit of loot or goodwill my way, all the better. But there's never been a catch I robbed or a stash I hid that didn't offer something to those in need. Not many people know that. It's fine by me. I don't like to brag. True, I never wanted the Vanguard's life, but that's not because I didn't see its value. Just that its value fit others better than me. Besides, few can do what I do. Hell, few would even try. I mean, come on, it's me. The places I've been, the trouble I've seen, caused, whatever, was a time Shiro, Andil, and the crew and me would do more good doing bad, doing bad than the mightiest titan could ever dream. The trails we blazed, the supplies we recovered, pilfered, filched, scammed, stole, found, looted. We weren't the only ones, but the world outside the city got a whole lot bigger, thanks to us. Yeah, sure, I don't get out as much, but I'm fixing to change that. Zavala won't like it, never does. Ikora will try to convince me otherwise, always does. But we've seen how precious our light is, how fleeting. Gotta use it while we got it. Do good. Be good. Push the limits. Take back what's ours. And that was my that was my first bet. All in. Day one. I bet on myself. And I saw the edge of those dark ages. You've heard the stories. If not, look them up. Scary stuff. Real eye-opener. I've seen the city grow and fall and grow again stronger. I've seen the best of us and the worst, and I'll fight to ensure we stick around long enough to see that best turn to better, and that worst fade to memory. So yeah, I'm a loudmouth and a bragger, and I'm quick with a blade and fast on the draw, and if you need it found, fought, killed, saved, or stashed for safekeeping, few can do it better. But in the end, I'm only good because he was good. I like to think I learned that from myself. That the notes left by the me that was before me set the stage. That five figured back in those dark days, that six might not turn out all that nice and end up a seven. So the former me wrote a roadmap to the version of him, or me, that would be a better man. So whatever hand I was dealt, when the best, when the bet was placed and it was time to call, no matter what, I had an ace and a queen up my sleeve, meaning I couldn't lose, meaning that the better man would always win. That's the end of that one. I think that's a that's an interesting concept too of of knowing that as an exo, you you can get reset, you will get reset. Uh, and also kind of knowing, like, what does a reset mean? So, like, I feel like Kay definitely has a more intricate knowledge of the EXO program as a whole. Um, 
and and I think that leads him to wanting to keep these these journals to like tell the next version of himself. Hey, this is this was what I thought. Take that or take it or leave it. So yeah, that's a yeah. that's kind of an interesting. And it it's like I said, I I think a lot of exos. I mean, even even Elsie, Elsie didn't know that she was Elsie two or Elsie three or any of that until she found that first reset uh, uh, while they were storming the gates of the of the uh, Vex portal. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like it it's yeah, that's that's really interesting. Anyway, uh, he also mentions uh, Andalbrask, and if yes. I'm not mistaken, uh, Shiro four. Yep. So Andal Andal being uh, his predecessor in the tower, mm-hmm. but not not in the early day. Like Andalbrask wasn't. I'm ninety nine percent sure Andalbrask was not the first hunter vanguard. No, he was not. Um, okay. Yeah, and I uh, I think I think Tallulah Fairwind might have been the first. That's right. Um, That's right. She we was certainly. About that too. Yeah, she was certainly far before Andal. Yeah. Um, but Andal, Andal is definitely like his predecessor and at, before he was Vanguard, his, what I would say, one of his best friends. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. And we're going to, we, we're going to be discussing the time that he had with Andal, um, pretty at, at length, uh, later on. So, so in Shiro, um, if memory serves me, he was in the, uh, we, you actually can interact with him in, the oh god where was it at the iron temple yeah during, during rise of iron yeah rise of iron and age of triumph uh yep. shiro four was a vendor in the temple yep okay cool yeah um so as you know as we said Cade is an exo which also means he used to be human uh and we can see what led up to him becoming an exo all the way back during the golden age. Um, and we, we get the first couple hints as to what happened, uh, from the taken King collector's edition lore book, which was a journal of Cade's. Um, and the entry from that, the first entry from that says this floating in the black. I've been listening to nothing but my heart knocking for over 12 hours. EMU's low on air. I promise myself this job is the last. Promise myself this time. I mean it. I feel the hull vibration through the station's thin metal skin. The airlock pump hisses. Long waits over. The Clovis Bray insignia is penciled next to this, by the way. Time to go to work. I'll spare you the gory details. But afterwards, fuming, Clovis Bray sends me a bill for the hull damage. My fault the target put up a blast wall between us. My fault things went wrong and we had to let our rifles do the talking. I tear the packet open. Tattered pieces of the envelope drift to the floor. Surprise, it's not just a bill. There's a job offer tucked in. Seems like Bray has been looking for someone like me, willing to forgive my debt and not just the orbital station. All of it. Suddenly, I ain't so mad anymore. So we're 
that's the end of that, but we're not going to pause yet. We're going to go right into two uh, of those mementos, those journals that you get from the Cade caches because they directly link up with this. Uh, and so, like I mentioned before, some uh, in some of entry, some of his entries, Cade will write uh, like a dear diary, but instead of dear diary, he writes it to Ace as the person he's like writing this letter to. Uh, and so, in the first memento from the wild, I. Uh, it says, what can I say? I was just in too deep, Ace. I had to do something for your sake, above all. I'd lost any hope of cashing in, and to be honest, that big payday wasn't coming. Not with the jobs I was finding. So when I got word of what was going on there, that's why I did what I did. I had no choice, really. It was that or the great beyond. Just know your your dad did what he had to do if he ever wanted to see you and your mother again. You probably won't recognize me since I'll be, well, a robot, but I'll find you. I promise. And that's the end of that. Because of the way he wears it in there, I'm going to say Ace is a kid. Uh, and so he has, presumably, in his human life, a a wife and kid. Um, yeah, what I would think he refers to as queen and ace. Yeah, I'm I'm under the same assumption, uh, and we'll we'll dig a lot more into ace much further down. But it also sounds like from the from the first half of that entry, he does kind of like dirty work. He he does what what I would think, yeah, uh, like CIA wet works. Like yeah, hard hard to say. He does apparently for Clovis. Um, you know he does. Not great jobs. <laughs> uh, not not from a quality standpoint, but just from like what the job entails. You know, it's not something that someone's going to do unless they have no other choice. Yeah. So he's he's stuck in not the best of places. Uh, but yeah. So that was uh, the close spray or the. Taking King Collector's Edition in two mementos, technically, two pages. Um, I can't really give you any page numbers for those because they're all just called Memento of the Wild with different text. So, eh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Diving into a guardian's past yeah. is not exactly a, a science. <laughs> but uh, But we get to see the very first job quote unquote, that Cade is given in his new robot form. Uh, and interestingly enough, it's a uh, it's a scene we have seen before from a different point of view. Interesting. So with that in mind, this is the Legacy's Oath helmet from the uh, Deepstone Crypt raid. And it goes like this. High above the city, tucked in in one of the tower's many alcoves, Cade six thumbs through an old book, plucked from the speaker's library. It's become delicate with age, or so he assumes. Taking extra care, turning each page, he, his sense of touch is good. There's certainly enough circuitry in his metal fingers to pull off the most precise of shots, 
Even a hair-trigger touch might rip the brittle paper. Cade pauses on a page. And suddenly, a gust of wind, surprisingly icy, nearly rips the book from his hands. Oh, to hell with this godforsaken ice cube, he shouts, almost falling from his perch. He steadies himself and inhales deeply. There's not... You're not on an ice cube, he says to himself, a godforsaken or otherwise. You're on Earth, in the last city. But the memory lingers, like the floating neon outlines seconds after a blinding camera flash, and the snow-white plains of a distant moon, and a sarcophagus of ice and iron. Yes, that's what Europa feels like to Cade One, as he loads crate after crate onto the bay outside the exoscience factory. Even the sky has turned a flat gray, casting all beneath it in a dull, deadening light. A warning sky, he thinks. Sailors had some kind of rhyme for it, didn't they? Either way, it hardly makes for a motivating work environment. Cade sits on the crates. I'm taking a break, he announces. Need to or not, this is when we get to have lunch, and I refuse to work through lunch. Next to him, Knox Four sighs with relief and longing. Uh, I miss lunch. I miss getting hungry. Cade grins as much as his mechanical face will allow. Hmm, he intones in his best Dr. Abrams impression. So would you say you're hungry for hunger? Knox bursts into guffaws. Cade chuckles weakly. Wasn't that funny. But as his friend's laughter grows, so does Cade's. Soon they're both clutching each other and howling. And then gradually, their cheers fade. What do you tell that shrink, by the way? Knox says. You tell him about the whisper? Cade shakes his head. Before he can snark about the uselessness of psychologists, the whisper rings in his metal skull. It's red sky in mourning, sailor warning. But you are no sailor. Suddenly, he hears a whimper squeaking out from the loading bay. And a moment later, a, sh a short, snow-suited figure scrambles out, racing for the far end of the factory. Cade and Knox shout, taking out taking off after the eavesdropper. No sharpshooter yet, Cade fumbles for his Braytech-issued handgun. Aim shakily, and... Bang! Cade Six comes back to himself, just as he stumbles into his hideout. He rifles through the piles of loot until, aha, he finds a pen. Cade Six isn't done yet. He flips open the fragile book from the speaker, no longer being careful with the pages and starts scrawling his own story. And that's the end of that one. That was Micah, wasn't it? Yeah. Son of a bitch, I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> As, like, when you said two XOs in a loading bay, I was, I was, like, rifling through all my memories of, like, what fucking scene is he talking about? We don't know anything of Cade before. Oh, it's the little kid. And then you said Dr. Abrams. And I was like, oh, that's her dad. Oh, shit. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that, was, that was when she snuck out to like uh, um, to see what the exos were doing. Mm -hmm. Holy cow. Dude, that's awesome. That's 
Now that's a that's a throwback memory myth. That's our first episode we ever recorded. I know. <laughs> Holy shit. So yeah, if you haven't already listened to The Penguins of Europa, uh this scene you can see from the little kid Micah's point of view, uh as far as how it how it plays out and what eventually happens to Micah. Um I will it's apologize so awesome. in advance for the audio quality of that recording. <laughs> that was, that's the old PSN days, man. That's the yeah. old PSN chat and stripping that from the from the, from the, the stripping the audio from the video. <laughs> man, yeah, no, that's that's uh, that's awesome. That's I love how all the stories in Destiny like there's always like that little like, hey, this one's a little played off of this, and this a little played off of this. like the whole thing with uh, uh, hell the the intro to, to Lightfall. Where I was like, oh, is that one of the original, like, the you know, the prodigal son set of, of mm-hmm. the hunter and, and warlock and tight? No, it was Reed Seven. Yep. <laughs> Reed Seven's dead. <laughs> well, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the Destiny, like, all these stories intertwine. And so, yeah, to see that is uh, pretty interesting. Yeah. But this is, this is Cade remembering this. Uh, as a, as like a, like, like a ghost, like a ghost, uh, memory. Um, yep. While he's sitting up there, just just so this memory did kind of just come out of nowhere. Then he was just kind of sitting up there, just screwing around with his old book, and then like a gust of wind hits, and it like that sensation like triggered something in him. Yep, and took him back to that memory of Europa. Okay. Yep, and he kind of like had had that little flashback in his head, and then he, he yeah you know shook out of it and went went on to do what he was doing. Um, but yeah, the and you know he's a guardian at this point. You know, he's been, he's been raised, but like he said in the first chapters, like exos are haunted. They have these little fragments of previous lives that will just pop in and out as, you know, they come across something that, that brings that memory on. Interesting. Ghost, ghost in the machine, ghost yeah. in the shell. <laughs> Wrong series. Wrong series. Yeah. Uh, but so yeah, he, he saw Micah snooping around in DSC. Um, and has, you know, we're, we're continuing then, uh, Cade has been under the employ of Clovis as an exo for some time, uh, at this point and be it the dealings with Micah or something else, uh, but it's decided that it's time for Cade to, uh, go through a reset. Um, so this is another memento from the wild, uh, which says... Well, this has been fun, I guess, but I'll all be gone tomorrow. I've been what they call compromised, which is funny because I feel fine. Could use a few upgrades, but what exo couldn't? But compromised means they're going to go inside my brain to wipe whatever it is from my memory. I met an interesting fellow exo who leaves letters like this in caches. So whatever she gets saddled with next, she might come across one and take a trip down lost memory lane. Nace, know that when I find you, I'll never let them find me. That's the end of that one. Interesting. Yeah. But we got we know where he got the uh, idea to leave himself uh, clues, which is, again, mm-hmm. very helpful for somebody who's getting their memory wiped. Uh, on a fairly regular basis, compromised. Yeah, yeah right. That's, that's Clovis's <laughs> Bray's version of like, 
Oh, let's do experiment. It's experiment day here in Clover's Bray Tech. Let's uh, let's reset Exo. See what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Let me dance on my billions of dollars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, I guess yeah. at that point in time, inflation's probably hit. It's probably trillions of dollars by then, isn't it? Clovis doesn't give a fuck. He don't give a fuck. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> You're not wrong, but... <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, but no, so, you know, Cade gets this idea for these, these journals, which is uh, presumably when he starts really writing them religiously. Um to to give himself to to give himself those pieces of like this is something you did before. Do do you think it helps give him like a like a moral compass or like or is it more of like just a like a reminder of like hey I, I guess I guess those are kind of like one and the same. Yeah, I mean, there's no guarantee he's ever going to c- come across any of them. I mean, he he doesn't oh, sure. know when he's writing them that they're going to turn up again. Yeah, uh, it's just yeah. a chance. So I don't I don't want to say they're a moral compass, but it's probably just a way to not be lonely. Honestly. Oh, you had to make it sad. Well, I mean No, I'm keeping it as a moral compass. Screw you, man. <laughs> I don't know that that's better. Like <laughs> It's not. I don't think it is. You can't remember enough of yourself to remember if you're lawful neutral or, or chaotic good or <laughs> yeah that's yeah that's sad that's sad sad face all right so he has a number of adventures during this his time as an exo for clovis uh we get little snippets of a few of them um so from a couple mementos here uh one of them says uh whatever go whatever's going on down there ace they don't want folks to know about it but that's the job so i'll do whatever it takes to find out might need a disguise though hmm any ideas oh i know how about a mustache so that's him discussing a heist of some sort i assume they'll they'll never figure me out with the mustache <laughs> yeah the robot was, with a mustache I, I, <laughs> I was thinking of i was like wait a sec would he have a metal mustache or would he have like a furry like Either mustache. way, either like, way, it's not working. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like so, and then there's another one where it looks like Cade may have uh, narrowly escaped something. Uh, in this memento, it says, "Couldn't tell you what it was, Ace, but I was trying. It was trying to seize control of me, like I was nothing but circuits and steel. It didn't know what it was messing with, though. I guess the moral of that story is never fall asleep near anything marked with." that symbol again and that's all we get from that one i'm assuming that symbol being a clovis bray symbol or a like do not do not sit here symbol or something <laughs> maybe yeah something tried to integrate him integrate with him like he was just a frame or something oh shit uh, what if it was a vex i mean could be i also thought maybe it was clarity maybe he got too too close oh, to clarity control yeah Dude, okay, so he's really diving into Deep Stone. Potentially. Okay, all right. Because, uh, I mean, those those are like the two like big secrets of Deep Stone. Is, is right. We're, we, we have Bob building a Vexgate for us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bob, did we decide if he was a hobgoblin or a goblin? He's a goblin. He's a goblin. 
so yeah, so he's 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 getting close to stuff in Clovis Bray by going through these different heists. Um, obviously, getting caught <laughs> every once in a while. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's I, again I, that to me plays to that like space cowboy thing. Like you're you're only you're like if you don't get caught a few times, you're not like a real cowboy, right? Like you got you got to like live on that edge, live that that little dangerous life yeah. there. So yeah. So eventually it seems like either by happenstance or because Clovis is sick of his shit, uh, he gets sent off world somewhere else on a job. Uh, and so from this next memento, uh, or next two mementos, actually, we get this. Things are even weirder now, Ace. This is my fourth assignment and kind of losing touch with what came before this whole exo thing and what's left or a fragment from another tour i knew this would have its kinks i guess this is one of them but you know me i didn't bother reading the fine print or anything but uh this this ishtar gig is pretty wild even for a lughead like me get it ace lughead come on i'm trying i'll get some better jokes i promise but I knew I was here to secure some top-secret thing in the jungle, but I saw it today. They dug up the remains of a technological civilization that actually predates humanity. Don't tell anyone I told you, or, you know, could be Wipesville again. And that's the end of the Memento entries. De- uh, definitely talking about all the Vex stuff they pulled up on Ishtar. Yeah, and we get some further information about that uh, from the Taken King Collector's Edition journal, uh, where Kate actually talks a little bit about his time there. Uh, So that journal entry says this. The coast is different, beautiful, and unbroken, and timeless. It teems with new life. Every big brain in the system has their sights on the academy. We were there for the Ahamkara. Parasitic reptilian critters that appeared out of thin air. Inexplicable genome. New proteins. So much potential. And me? I'm there for her. Dr. Maya Sundaresh. She's poured into the research on the brink of another breakthrough. Focused on devouring... Every new data point. Brilliant. Driven. Beautiful. I can see her so clearly. Dark hair split into smoothed, shimmering strands, fanning over her forehead. Gray irises blooming as she looks up from her work to see me standing there beside. No, she doesn't know me at all. Doesn't even recognize my face, even though I've been standing over her shoulder for months now. Nothing more than a fixture, a required imposition, an unwanted necessity. I'm no egghead, never was, just like now. Back then, I was on a need-to-know basis, and the only thing I needed to know is that nothing and nobody gets through that door and past me without at least three layers of security clearance and a whole lot of muscle. Still... I think about saying something, saying anything. In a second, my mind rifles through a trillion possibilities, but 
She's already turned back to her work. I shuffle my feet, straighten my back, and return to mine. That's the end of that one. Sounds like somebody's got a little something for a little Maya Sundaresh. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe Too just bad a bit. Maya Sundaresh is spoken for. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if she was married at this point, but uh, she definitely <laughs> is by the time she gets to Niamuna, So Yeah. So that's, and again, not to kind of like jump off the rails of Cade, but uh, digging up this ancient civilization, it's, I want to say, Either this week's or last week's one of the one of the little recordings that you get from uh, the Veil. Um, oh, what would you what would you call that mission, Myth? The one where you just kind of go up yeah. into the Veil and you just decrypt I, the stuff. I, yeah, the the archive decryption mission, I guess. Sure. Yeah, yeah. One of the entries talks about how like the Vex um, uh, inserted themselves into Neptune's history. The way they did on Venus, so I I guess I guess we're starting to understand a little bit more. It's it's interesting that this that this text or, or that entry from that made made me think of of the or sorry this entry made me think of that dialogue from this week um, about why how Vex are even here and and what all they're studying at the Ishtar Collective, one of it being Vex, is that the Vex actually inserted themselves into Venus's history, and that's how they're there now. Um, or at least that's how they got there, pre-Golden Age and all that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so he's... Uh, obviously, top secret mission from Clovis, because Clovis hates Maya Sundaresh, and vice versa. Um there, there is a lore entry. Well, she tells him to go fuck herself. <laughs> yes. I still love that. I absolutely love that. That is a canon lore entry in game. It's, it's awesome. I, that's, thank you, Maya. You're the best. Um, so yeah, like he's either there to steal intel or possibly Maya herself or whatever. Um, but it seems like he's just kind of undercover and working as uh, Maya's personal bodyguard. Yeah. Um, I don't think anybody's going to get past him unless they have like a secret mustache or something. <laughs> right. Uh, that, that, that might fool him. I don't know. Oh. But studying more than just the Vex, though. Also studying uh, there to try to steal an Ahamkara. Apparently, like, yeah. What the hell, bro? I mean, Clovis had a lot of irons in the fire. He was probably he was like, okay, these Ahamkara, he probably didn't know about the wish magic at that time. Could you, um, could you imagine that would Clovis Bray? With a fucking Ahamkara, just real wishing bad. shit into f- get out of freaking town. That's that's downright dangerous. <laughs> Holy shit! But but yeah, so yeah, probably spying on the academy in addition Absolutely. to trying to capture an Ahamkara and you know all those things. Um, but yeah, seems to kind of maybe taken a liking to Sundarash a little bit. Oh, but. Uh, as these entries are all from the Golden Age, uh, we know what happens to the Golden Age, um, and that is the collapse. And what? I know who. Spoilers: who who Golden Age ended. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we see its ending through the eyes of Cade. I. Uh, 
he writes his experience or a memory he has of his experience on those final days uh, in that Taken King Collector's Edition book where he says this. I'm out in plain sight. The sky is torn open and there's nothing and nobody left in this ruined world but me and the boiling shadow all around. Whatever it is hits me before I can level my gun. It doesn't matter. Tendrils of pain crawl over my splayed fingers. My outstretched arms, my shoulders, my neck, my screaming mouth as it consumes. I'm being enveloped. Everything is wrong. Primordial. My systems go sideways. All but my sensors. It wants me to witness this. The world. Its world now. Suffocating in the black poison. I collapse. We all collapse. That's the end of that one. Darkness technically won. Yeah. They've beaten us before. I hesitate to say it, but they could probably beat us again. (laughs) (laughs) So Cade was apparently, you know, in the front line against the, you know, forces of darkness. This, this could have been that he was fighting the Taken at this time. Um, You know, we don't exactly know what, uh, all of the different combatants that were a part of the original collapse, but we know for sure the hive and presumably the taken. Uh, and it just, you know, he said enveloped him, but allowed him to still watch the end of the world until you know, yeah. his, his eventual demise. The, the, the witness wants you to know that he will beat you. Like yeah. <laughs> that's, that's so fucked up, but it's, that's darkness. <laughs> yep. I, I can't say that's darkness. That's the witness. Like, that's, yeah, that's, that's probably the better that's term. Accurate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, we also know that although the collapse happened and Cade's original life comes to a close, we also know that he comes back as a guardian. Uh, and we have Cade's own telling of the story of him being revived from the book Ghost Stories in the chapter A Hero's Requiem. Yeah. Tell me it's glorious. Tell me it's glorious, Myth. <laughs> you, you're about to find out. So in Cade's own words, this is how he woke up. Boom. I wake up. Groggy, confused, hungover. It's the same for us all. So that initial shock's nothing new. Sundance is in my face and I'm freaking out. My brain works, but I don't remember a thing, except that I seem to be a functioning life form. I'm human. I'm a man. And then my mind starts reeling a thousand miles a minute. Boom, boom, boom. Like I'm downloading the idiot's guide to basic human existence. Cool. Great. Still can't remember anything. And I sure can't wrap my head around the talking, floating magic robot orb thing that's jabbering in my face. So I freaked. Smacked her to the ground hard and i ran and i'm running and she's running or you know whatever she's doing since they don't have legs she's right behind me going wrong way wrong way she's screaming i'm screaming just in general whatever she's yelling i just keep running it's night did i mention that it's nighttime and my eyes 
still adjusting. So I'm running, I'm running, can't see, can't remember, scared to get, scared to death, confused as all get out. And then I fall. I'm straight up falling. Just like that, I ran right off a cliff. It wasn't a short drop. I bounced so many times, felt each and every one till I didn't, till it all went black again. And then boom, I'm back. She got me right up on my feet, just like she always does. And that, my friends, was the start of a beautiful relationship. And that's the end of that. You have no idea how hard it is to stop myself from laughing. Holy shit. Bam, I'm awake. Bam, what the fuck are you? What the fuck is that? Slap. Oh, shit. Get the hell out of here. Oh, why is it dark? Why does my brain not work? What are you? Oh, shit, I'm falling. What in the actual hell? So that is Kate's glorious revival as a guardian. <laughs> it's something. I don't know about glorious. It's something. What the hell are you? What the hell is this? Get the fuck away from me. Run. Like that's. <laughs> oh my God. Definitely a reaction. Like. Yeah. Don't know that we've quite seen a uh, res like that. <laughs> and then an instant res afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> right. Life one and two. Real, real quick there. Real quick. Real quick, um, but it it was it was interesting. He mentions in here, and we we kind of talked about it before. Like, how does a guardian know to do basic things if their memory is wiped? <laughs> it downloaded. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, "Yeah, downloaded the idiot's guide to basic human existence." <laughs> like, so, like this is how you breathe air, <laughs> right? Yeah. What? <laughs> you need food. You need water. The- <laughs> <laughs> this is how your legs work. What? <laughs> In chapter two, we'll cover mitosis. <laughs> so. Oh my god. Uh, so this is very Cade. Yeah, I know. Like it's perfect. Uh, but so Cade is resurrected. He is now a risen, um, not a guardian technically, uh, at this point in time. But, I was going to ask, what is this? Uh, is this Dark Age? Is this pre-Dark Age? Like very, uh, very new to the, very close to the collapse. Res his res, from what he said before, he was on the edge of the Dark Age, which I think he means like right before the City Age. So oh, okay. um, I think warlords were still around, but it, it was probably close to, close to the, like the the end of the warlord era. For the most okay. part, but um, but yeah. So now you know once he establishes that Sundance, his ghost, is a good thing, and you know starts to figure himself out. I, as well as gravity, as well as gravity, <laughs> he um he goes wandering. He tries to. He has a bunch of questions about what the heck is going on, and he starts you know going wherever he can to figure out answers to those questions. Uh, And one of the places he ends up is the reef. And uh, so we get a couple more mementos, memento pages here of uh, Cade writing a journal uh, that say this. Here's the skinny ace. Never trust the Awoken. 
The reef type, at least. The ones back on Earth, they're okay. But if you ever find yourself washed up in the reef, keep your distance. They play by a whole other set of rules, like they want to be untrusted. And whatever you do, do not stare into their eyes. But I was there because I thought the reef would hold some answers for me. They've got some kind of queen out there who knows things, but getting to her is proving to be quite the jaunt. She's got me chasing Vex all across the system looking for something called the Vault of Glass. What do you say, Ace? You ever heard of it? And that's the end of those entries. I've heard of it. (laughs) I know where it is. Those are absolutely freaking dragons flying around in the opening scene. You can't tell me otherwise, Myth. I mean... I refuse to believe Bungie. Well, that sounds like a you problem. That is a me problem. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so he's he already is uh, quite the adventurous, um, you know, beginnings. He, he's just... He's being a hunter. He's wandering. I, he's finding I answers. Say, this is... This is the most huntery thing ever. Like, <laughs> you want to know what it's like to be a hunter? There you go. Done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not, not, not really a lot of mystery to hunters. Like, <laughs> warlocks are kind of like, we got the Praxic Order. We got the, we got the, the Thanatonauts. We got, we got uh, the Hidden. We got all sorts of shit. Hunters are just there. They're just curious as shit. That's They're just it. out pushing they're pushing back the edges of the wild to try and understand and know every everything they're just they're just like cats they you, they are just like oh my god they're just like cats they when they want attention they'll come let you know and then when they're done with your attention they'll just leave they are, hunters are cats it, it all checks out Oh my god. <laughs> so regardless, uh he's he's out there exploring and eventually does come upon the city and other hunters and uh, a particular set of hunters at that. Um one that is led by Andal Brask. And so we're going to return now to uh, the man they call Cade Lorebook for uh, a number of entries here discussing Andal Brask and what they did and uh, what the outcome was. So this one is the chapter titled Fold, and it goes like this. Ever heard of Andal Brask? You should have. One of the old heroes before black gardens and hive gods and that cabal-shaped mess we just cleaned up. Yeah, he was something. Hunter part of the vanguard before yours truly. But more importantly, he was my friend. Brother, even. Andal and I used to run with one heck of a crew. This was before he got himself roped into fire-teaming up with the top brass, but But, oh, we were legendary. Ran scouting parties looking for survivors to lead back cityside. Mapped lost sites where old tech or supplies might still be worth salvaging. Hunted plenty of fallen. Never an easy task, especially in the early days. And by early days, I mean my early days. A lot of Guardians been around longer than me. But 
even if my newborn new life, said he had a lot of growing up to do, and his guardians had a hell of a lot to learn. Trouble is, we only ever seem to learn the hard way. The Red War, that time Crota woke up cranky and slapped around more guardians than I can count. Twilight Gap and all the all that happened before my time. The Iron Lords and their tussle with Siva, six fronts. And those are just the headline grabbers. So many lessons learned. So many lives lost. But in truth, I've always felt it's the day-to-day struggles where we learn the most about the world. About ourselves. Being inside the city walls, sure, we're reminded of what we're fighting for. But outside the walls, it puts a face to all we've lost puts a reality to how far we've fallen. Abandoned roads, crumbling cities, rust and ruin, ruin and rust. But if the city gives us a reason to fight for the now, those old dead places, they always give me hope for tomorrow. Rusted, broken, skeleton or not, if you squint, you can see all we were, all we still can be. And that's why, when Andal left the road and joined the vanguard, me and the crew hoped he'd get the others, Osiris, Zavala, even the speaker, to see what we saw. The city was a refuge, yeah, but if we hid too long, let all we'd lost get picked apart by pirates and warmongers, then we'd really lose our humanity. That's the end of that one. So Cade, Cade very much, he likes that, uh, I don't want to say mystery, but he, I guess he likes the history. He likes having that, that ideal to stick to, like mm-hmm. the idea of humanity and, and remembering why we are doing what we're doing. That's, that to me is very much what, what Cade, uh, I, don't, I don't know if that what drives him or not, but it, it feels like that's what drives him. Wanting to keep humanity human. <laughs> yeah, kind of. So, yeah. So, I uh, we continue with the next chapter entitled Flop. These are all card terms, by the way. Uh, pretty sure they're all poker related. Yep. So, you know, ace of spades, queen of hearts. And it's, it's not hard to see where Cade gets a lot of his uh, references from. Uh, but this one goes like this. Now I play nice with the Vanguard now, but it wasn't always that way. Not that we were enemies, we just tended to see things through a different lens. But Andal, playing nice was his forte. He was always more, I think diplomatic is the word. Our big play back in the day was get the Vanguard to loosen their leash. Let us explore, let us lead a new era of expansion, and the riches of the system would be ours. Ours is in everybody's, of course, though we'd get our cut, of course. In hindsight, we were way too ambitious. Didn't see it in the light at the time, but then again, you never do. When Andal joined the Vanguard, he was our inside man. It was a sweet deal. He would drop intel on new stashes or fallen movements, and Shiro and I would jump the gun, hit him first, claim what we could, deliver the rest to the city. 
Maybe we skimmed a little off the top. Nothing excessive, just a finder's fee. Probably shouldn't be putting all this out there for anyone to judge. Uh, what's the statute of limitations on misspent youth? Yeah, whatever. It was all a long time ago. But it speaks to what I'm getting at. I always tried to do right, even if I occasionally got sidetracked. And Andal joining the Vanguard was a gift in some ways, a bummer in others. More importantly, he'd made a deal, given his word to me and to himself when he took the dare. I won. He lost. So he left the road, joined the bigwigs up in the Vanguard, and he reminded me of a lesson I've always known, but every now and then would forget. You give your word. You keep it. But the longer Andal was up in the tower, caged, my word, never his, the more he saw things the Vanguard way. Looking back, he was only ever doing the right thing. Seeing him changed, and in truth, grow, as a guardian and as a person, I, I've never admitted this, but I thought less of him. My best friend, my closest ally, all because he'd stuck to his word, accepted the dare, and even when he came up on the bad end, he never wavered from doing exactly what he said he'd do. Join the damn vanguard. Leave me and Shiro to have all the fun. I thought he was a sucker. Turns out the only sucker was me. And that's the end of that one. So here we have the Hunter Dare mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is, I, I, I presume it's the first Hunter Dare. No, not again, even close. No, this is, okay then. <laughs> well, shit. I, I, I assumed it was just because, again, I, I don't think of any um, Vanguard before Tallulah. And so I, in, in my mind, it goes Tallulah and old Cade. Um, but yeah, so what? So let's, let's throw up a question. What is the Hunter Dare and what does it entail? Yeah, so we actually have uh, some, a, a little entry on this. Uh, from a quest called Cade's Challenge. And the flavor text on that quest is Zavala explaining the dare. Um, so now how the hell did Cade get Zavala, Big Blue, to write that down? <laughs> well, this is what Zavala says. He says, It is true the finding a hunter representative to the vanguard has always been difficult. Their independent point of view is not something we can survive without, though. And so over the years, we've had hunter mentors come and go. That is, of course, what the dare is for. Uh, now, Cade is also going to explain the dare a little later on here. Uh, actually, in, in the very next, very next entry. But in short, no hunter wants to be stuck in the tower. Like, yeah, it's all know, cagey and shit. It's all diplomats. It's no exploration. Right. It's no wild and wild and out and the edge of space and pushing the boundaries of everything. It's boring. It's paperwork. It's uh, meetings and blah. Yeah. No hunter wants that. Yeah, it's, it's you know, 
hunters want to be out there in the you know in the 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 edges of the map discovering what's new uh and you can't do that from the tower like a, like a kitty cat sure uh, <laughs> and because no hunter wants to do the dare um they or no hunter wants to do to be in the vanguard the dare is a way of kind of forcing somebody to do it that's uh, absolutely what it is when the vanguard seat is empty either the previous hunter vanguard had a dare that determined who took the seat from them or a new dare is submit is is devised by the hunters to decide who will be the person that sits in that seat i uh, and the dare can be literally anything. It can be a foot race. It can be, uh, you know, who can jump highest, or it can be something more profound, like who's going to take out this target first. So Cade gets into the dare as far as he's concerned. Uh, and the next chapter here, which is entitled Raise, and it goes like this. Casey can't tell. I ain't the best storyteller. I can be. Boy, howdy. I can rip a yarn. But uh just that is what I'm doing here. The whole based on a true true story thing. I can feel myself trying to talk around what I want to say. Fill it with all the pomp and circumstance. I'm I'm trying, though, fighting my better angels to get to what I need to say. What I need to say starts with Andal. Andal and the dare. My dare. Our dare. The hunter's dare. It's stupid. But it's an honor thing. And it cost me a friend. I cost me a friend. But before the dare, we had Tanix. Hell, after the dare, we had Tanix. After my dare, we had Tanix. Always comes back to Tanix, doesn't it? For the uninitiated. Tanix is a fallen mercenary with no house, but the, except the house that pays him. Most fallen won't deal with him, but when a captain or an archon or a kel needs something done and their crews ain't cutting it, or they want a job done real hush-hush, they call Tanix. Back in the day, me, Shiro, Andal, and a few others got on radars we'd rather stay off. The fallen houses put up bounties. A lot of glimmer on our heads. A lot of ether. Tanix took the gig. Only, we didn't know. There'd been stories of a renegade fallen dropping bodies, but nothing ever concrete, so we just brushed them off as more of the same. Nothing we couldn't handle, even on an off day. I mean, we were, we were all aware the fallen were dangerous. Big time threat, each day, every day. But a solitary fallen boogeyman? free of house cutting down guardians <laughs> yeah right until yeah right was standing in front of us first impression he was a big boy bad attitude second impression he was standing over the body of nia and rue i didn't know her well but we'd done a few runs that day was supposed to be an in and out kind of run but then tanix 
Nian never got back up. And Shiro's boy Lush lost his ghost. Full on returned to light. Gone and done. The whole scene was a blur. Lost our haul and hauled our butts out of there. Still not sure how we lost Tanix and his boys, just lucky we did. Of course, ditching that troublemaker wasn't the end. Shiro and I got back, filled Andal in on what went down as soon as we found him. This was before he was a vanguard. He'd been running a second grab on a cache out west. Wasn't back till the next night. We told him about Nian. Lush was freaking out about his ghost. Couldn't blame him. Still can't. But then we did the dumb thing. We got cocky. And that's the end of that one. Name five Destiny bosses. Tanix. All right, well, that's on me. <laughs> Pretty much. I, I still love that meme. That's one of my favorites. Freaking Tanix, man. If it's a hunter thing, it, it's Tanix. <laughs> God dang Tanix. Uh, yeah. It, it, Tanix is Tanix. He is, Tanix is, he is Tanix. He's a, they, they describe him here. He's a, he's a houseless, uh, uh, would he be a captain then? Well, he's houseless, so it it doesn't. Oh, so it doesn't even he doesn't really have a, a yeah. Rank. He has no rank. Yeah, yeah. Um, a houseless fallen. Then um, that uh, all the other kells, all the other houses are like, hey, we need some wet works done. Where's Tanix? Uh, and sends him on on his way. And apparently, he's really good at his job. Uh, he's got this lush mm-hmm. guardian who is no longer a guardian. Uh, or I guess he could still be a guardian. He's a lightless guardian. Yeah, uh, freaking out. Uh, understandably, uh, and got another dead one underneath him. And so, yeah, I don't blame Cade for hauling ass out of there. <laughs> so they get the heck out of Dodge. They find Andal, tell him what happened. But then they, they're they a little too full of themselves to to really understand the danger, it sounds like. And so we go to the next chapter here called Turn. And uh, this one goes like this. Tanix didn't announce himself, didn't say a word, just laughed a few times, and then tried like hell to kill us all. But we knew it was him. Stories matched, you know? Which meant the boogeyman had a face. The boogeyman was real. We could hunt real. We could track real. We could kill real. Andal had said something like, uh, the hunter that is about to become the hunted at the hands of the hunters, he hunted. I know, don't laugh. I, I didn't. He was a great guy, even if his humor was a bit forced. Seems like a nice way to put it, but he wasn't wrong. Lush wanted to join up. Little payback for his little light. We nixed that. Loved the kid, but no ghost meant no way. Poor fella died his final death less than a cycle later. Went on a solo run. Didn't tell anyone. Never came back. Shiro used to spin stories about him, though. Still does. Like he's still out there, living a life we only dream of. Traveling unknown roads, digging up untold treasures. My favorite is the one about the Rat King. 
how Lush joins up with the folktale, and together they fight the wars we don't see. It's just fantasy, but I like it. It's the kind of bedtime story I used to tell Ace as he was fighting off sleep when he was here. But he's not here. Neither is Lush. Neither is Andal. Someday neither will I. We didn't have a hunter vanguard back then. What with uh, Kaku Swift River finally being declared dead after two years MIA, and his dare nowhere to be found. Speaker said it was on the rest of the hunters to figure it out. That first night back, Andal and I were up late. Not a new thing. He drank, I drank, he got tanked, I'm a robot. And we made the pact. Dare issued and accepted. See, there was that one opening on the vanguard. A hunter slot. We both wanted Tanix. Only one would get the killing blow and the glory. And the loser had to hang him up and lock themselves away in a tower. Leave the lonely roads to the real dealers. We both laughed. Wow. I wish I could hear him laugh again. Just once. Funny how all the cool kids leave the party too soon. That's the end of that chapter. Ain't that the truth? That's why I was always the last one there. Ha 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 ha. Uh, yeah. Um, I think it's. I, I'm assuming there's there's there will be a telling of of exactly what happened. Uh, but yeah. Uh, Andal. <laughs> Andal may or may not have lost. Yes. Yes. Well, I mean, the loser became became the vanguard, and we know Andal was the vanguard for a time. So there you go. Uh, spoilers. But uh, but no. So we we, you know, they're they've gone two years at this point without a hunter vanguard, which tells me it's not uncommon or at least not unprecedented for there to be gaps of time with no no spot filled for the hunter vanguard. I was going to say, that's kind of what we're sitting at right now. There, There is no yeah. Hunter Vanguard right now. Everyone was like, oh, it's going to be Crow. Would that be a kick in the face? And then it was just like, nope, nobody. <laughs> <laughs> Not to say there won't be at some point, but currently no one's officially filled that spot. So I, uh, although Crow has a couple times said like he has sent his hunters to go scout XYZ in different dialogues. Yeah. But, uh, so the next one here, uh, diverges a little bit. It's a, it's a mild meander. Um, so I'm going to read this one and the next one. Uh, so this is going to be river and showdown, which are both chapters from the same book. Uh, and it goes like this. Honor. It's tricky means different things to different folks like your word well your words your word you give it you keep it do that regardless of all the rest and that's honor let me tell you kid honor matters it's a weapon in its own right and a shield zavala knows ikora knows saladin and Shax, they probably know a little too much all the best guardians know. 
People trust your word, and they'll trust you. And trust? Hard to come by and easy to lose. Give your word. Keep your word. When all else fails, you'll find you have friends there to pick up the slack. Even if you don't, you find yourself all alone, odd stacked, final curtain set to drop. At least you can go out knowing that you did the right thing when it was asked. Now, don't get me wrong. The right thing, like honor, can be a malleable concept. It shifts and bends. I'm getting poetic here. Waxen warlock, they call it. Uh, Not my intent, but sometimes I can see the value in their thinking, their way with words. Now, look at that. There's another lesson. Find value in another. I don't much in common with a ramrod titan or a floofy warlock, but it's kind of the point. But back to honor. Back to Andal. Andal was my brother, figuratively, but I find more often than not, the family you unearthed along the way is more real than the family you thought was the... Never mind. Andal was my brother. Period. Tanix was the four-armed, murdering garden, guardian hunter who, yeah, Andal and I, we made a bet. Only bet ain't the right word. Not among hunters. What we did meant more. The dare. I to him, him to me. Kill Tanix or get chained to vanguard duty. Hunt the hunter and come out on top or wear a leash. This was our honor, our word. The Hunter Dare dates back to nobody knows when. There are all kinds of stories about the first dare, but there's no way to discern the truth of a thing done who knows when by who knows who. It was the first dare that time a hunter... Oh, and mind you, this was way before anyone even imagined calling themselves hunters or titans or warlocks. This was Risen Days. The Chosen weren't organized back then. No code, and didn't get it. No matter how much their ghosts talked their ears off. Back when the first ones got their spark lit, they were just as likely to be self-involved tyrant as a decent human being. Ask me to tell you about the warlords sometime. <laughs> bunch of newly res tough guys misusing the light like a bunch of ignoramuses. Ignoram- my? Eh, regardless, not a fan, but who was? Am I rambling? Yeah. Anyway, that first challenge of honor between those who'd one day call themselves hunters, was it the Tuvel Valley Jump, the Shade Runner Sprint, the Moonlight Draw, Kuba Sul's Last Stand, the Great Scourge Hunt, the Lesser Scourge Hunt? No one knows. I sure as heck don't. But which was first doesn't matter. They were all first. They were all the dare to set the table and inspire other dares. What matters is once a dare was offered, if it was taken, it was took. It was on you. It was in you. Not metaphysically, I'm not talking warlock hocus pocus, I'm talking honor. Accepting the dare is giving your word. And so Andal and I, we offered, accepted, and doomed ourselves. Because we didn't take into account the depths of my arrogance. Seems my arrogance is where it always falls apart. And that's the end of that section.
Yeah. I'm reminded of a quote right now. Uh, it's from A Few Good Men, and it's part of the big speech that uh, Jack Nicholson uh, gives while he's on the stand. Uh, and it, it, It's two sentences out of it that, that made me think of this. Uh, and it's, it says, We use words like honor, code, and loyalty. We use these words as a backbone to a life spent defending something. To me, that's very much like what the hunters are. Like, it, yeah. it's, they all want to defend something. They all, they all want to do something good. And honor is honor and loyalty are, are a big uh, uh, and and like here the, he says honor code and loyalty for the hunters it's honor loyalty and the dare like it, anything to anything to keep themselves true to the to the what did you call it the cause the the keep humanity going cause yeah yep <laughs> so yeah that's uh yeah hunters hunters are I think hunters would make good marines. <laughs> yeah, you know, say so they, they mean, definitely have a, um, and, and it was interesting because, you know, when you think of like these more lone, usually lonesome, uh, kind of just don't want to, don't want to be indoors. They want to be out exploring, doing whatever your, your first thought isn't like that they have a, an honor code, but it's, it's apparently a very big part of hunter culture i guess sure i'd call it hunter culture there's titan culture like we know we you know you and i and titans and hunters we all know that titans eat crayons it's <laughs> that's just part of their culture yeah that and punching things yeah exactly see that's a, we know warlocks can't get can't keep their nose out of a book that's just that's just warlock culture hunters are like cats and Marines. Wow. So uh, we see the outcome of this dare in the next chapter, which is titled Winner Take All. Uh, and it goes like this. Tanix was a pain. Turns out that wasn't the real problem, though it was high on the list at the time. Uh, the real problem... The freak's still a pain. He ain't no guardian, but the dude's been dead not more times and not more times than I can track. Died twice by my hand alone. Second time, I even looked to deliver some insurance, but he was hauled off by his goons before I could add more lead to the collection I'd deposited in his chest and neck and gut and head. But that second time, doesn't matter. I mean, it does, sure, but the important bit here is the first go-around. When Andal and I made our bet, that wasn't a bet, but really a dare. The dare. We were eager and ready to track Tanix and hit him with some payback. I had the good luck of finding Tanix first. He had the good luck to kill him, too. Had the good luck to kill him, too. Or so I thought. So we all thought. What followed was a party. Osiris even showed up. He and the speaker had sent Saint-14 after Tanix as well, and maybe Sainty's old hell, one hell of a titan, but we're hunters. No way we're losing a kill. Looking back, I wish maybe we had. Andal kept his word. Joined the vanguard. 
I tried to talk him out of it. We'd had the dare in a compromised state. Shiro and I had just been roughed up, Nian was gone, Lush was broken. Emotions were high, alcohol was flowing. Andal wasn't buying it. Neither was I. Not really. The dare's the dare. To back out would have been a mark. Would have called Andal into question to every hunter out there. Even to me, though I never would have admitted it to him. But he would know. Things got a little weird between us once he joined the vanguard. All my doing. And I missed him. I didn't like seeing one of the best rule breakers and world walkers anyone had ever seen bogged down by bureaucrats. But the weirdness passed, and brothers don't, make, don't stay mad at brothers. It's just the way it is. As we settled into our new normal, the good times started to roll. They kept on rolling, too. For a while, anyway. That's the end of that entry. Oh, there you go. Hunter, uh, Titan's good at something, but he ain't no hunter. <laughs> he can eat all the crayons and punch all the things, but he can't, he can't track like a hunter can. Yeah, and uh, now Cade's book does not go on to explain specifically what happened to Andal Brask. Um, so that leaves us to fill in the blank there. Um, which we can do from context clues on other lore cards, uh, as well as uh, some entries that we will talk about probably in the part two of this series, looking at the time. Uh, so Cade believed, and so did everyone else, that he had killed Tanix, thus winning himself freedom from being the vanguard. Because whoever got the final kill was was the or whoever got the final blow was the not hunter vanguard right was was the better hunter and therefore should be allowed to stay in the wilds kind yep. of thing yep which is odd because you'd almost think you'd want the better hunter at the at the high end table but i mean i don't know like it's it, <laughs> they're hunters man they yeah they, they just want to be free <laughs> but uh so Cade got the final blow on Tanix. And they had a big celebration, and Andal assumed his role. And it worked. They, they talked about in earlier entries, like, he, they would get info before other people and, and give them opportunity to act on it and, you know, steal stuff back for the city and, and all that. Uh, but eventually, it turned out that Tanix wasn't dead. As Cade said, he's had multiple deaths now. <laughs> uh Hell, I've and, killed him at least 60 times. Right. And for the number of times we had to run DSC to get the exotic for clan members. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, I've killed him at least 70 times. But uh, but no, so the, the first death didn't take. And Tanix was looking for revenge. And it's not explicitly stated as to how, but somehow Tanix got... Andal Brask alone outside the city and took the opportunity to murder him. Uh, final death, Ghost and Andal both down for good. And Cade was the one that discovered them. And 
that did two things. The first thing was it spurred Kadon to a revenge hunt to go find Tanix and kill him the second time that he mentions there. Uh, although clearly it didn't quite do the job. But it also told Cade that Andal hadn't lost the dare. And to to Cade, who uh, you know, he just talked about this this honor, this this you have to stay true to your word, because if you're not, then what else is there? Uh that that was the the moment of, you know, well, I I guess I need to keep my word. And I was the only other part of the dare and I didn't win the dare. So I'll be the next Vanguard. It makes sense. The whole deal was to kill Tanix and Tanix didn't get killed. Yep. So. (laughs) So uh, Cade assumes the mantle of the hunter vanguard and joins up uh with Zavala and I think it's Ikora at that time. I don't know that it's Osiris. It, it sounds like it's Osiris. It could have been for a little bit, I suppose. Sure. Um cuz I can't remember if Osiris was he he was actively like did he step down or or was he was banished. Was, that's what I thought. I thought he was banished. Because like the whole cult thing started, and they were like, "Hold yep. on, hold on, you can't have people worshiping you. That's just bad." Yeah, uh, yeah. So uh, he is now the hunter vanguard, um, and although he doesn't get to go out and do all of the things he wanted to do, uh, he does still, you know, he finds ways to have fun in the tower. Yeah. And uh, fucking with Zavala, <laughs> <laughs> not just Zavala, um, everyone. <laughs> so fun, fun enough. Uh, Cade, there's a couple entries here that aren't necessarily like relevant to continuing Cade's story, but are just are are fun, and they give you an idea, you know, further the idea of the kind of personality Cade had. Um, and so the first one I want to read is uh, one of the things he did as a van as a member of the Vanguard was he now had access to the Vanguard archives and he put that access to use with the lore card on the lucky pants which is the exotic uh, exotic boots slash pants for hunters um, and the lore card on this is Search queries. Uh, and it goes like this. Remote Vanguard database text only search initialized. Welcome user Ace of Hearts. Please enter search query. Beat Shacks. Only one guardian has defeated Lord Shacks in the Crucible. Related, Ray Ikora. Do you wish to see post-match results? Cheat Crucible. Crucible participants are subject to a strict code of conduct. Cheaters will be banned. What about cheating just a little? 
Sorry, I didn't understand. What about cheating just a little? Okay, what counts as cheating? To act dishonestly or unfairly in order to gain an advantage. Is luck cheating? Luck and cheating are not equivalent. Are my pants lucky? Probably not. Wrong. They're super lucky. And that's the end of that little entry. I like it. Are my pants lucky? Mm, probably not. <laughs> Wrong. But to add some further context to uh, Cade's searches here, uh, the flavor text on Lucky Pants is Cade having a discussion with someone um, saying, what? No, I didn't illegally mod the holster. These are just really Lucky Pants. Yeah. So really lucky. He uh he's he's finding that that line in the crucible of what Shax will let him get away with. <laughs> yeah. Uh so another kind of fun one um is uh the off the ship never live it down. Um which is talking about uh a a group of guardians called the Kentark Three, which have their own story, actually, that we're not going to be touching on here. Um, but it's a meeting between the members of the Vanguard about the Kentark Three, uh, and it, it's just again gives some some of Cade's personality. So uh, this one goes like this: Zavala, he's late. Ikora, Zavala. Again. Cade has his methods. His habits, you mean. They get results. The hunters and fire teams Cade marshals would be would not be as effective under your command or mine, and you know it. Yes, well, I just wish he'd exercise a little more. Who needs to exercise more? Maybe it's me, cause that was a lot of stairs. Cade, I take it you had enough time to put together a report of your scout's findings? Uh, report? I didn't even bring a pencil. Cade, you know how important this is. The Kentark Three harbored a cryptocron. They're warlocks Zavala, fellow guardians, not a disease. And yet, you agreed to dismantle the Order and banish them from the city. After Osiris's exile, it had to be done. But they are still guardians. Oh boy, mom and dad are fighting again. Hey folks, how about I just give my rapport and you two can argue about this later. Fine. Right, so ship crashed after passing through the gate. Uh, from signs on the ground, their little black garden adventure didn't go so well. Uh, huge Vex resistance, but then it looks like they turned on each other as they ran back to the gate. Turned on each other? Are you certain? Zavala, they fought Vex for sure, but that last fight? Just three guardians, two against one? I put my best team on this. Well, second best, but they're really good. So what did they find? The fight went up a hill. 
one of them had the high ground. Lisbon. Seems like it. It took a lot of guts to charge a good sniper like him, especially without ghosts. Without ghosts? Yeah, pieces of two ghosts were found near the entrance of the undergrowth, a few clicks away. The battle started that far away? Uh, not so clear. It, it doesn't look like the actual scrap started until they got well away from there. Okay, this doesn't make a lot of sense. Oh, I know. Want to hear the weirdest part? Go on. There were no bodies. Spooky, right? This was your second best team, you said? And that's the end of that one. Yeah, Kate, Kate likes a good, uh, a good entrance. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Cade, even in these kind of more tense situations, is still very much a like, you know, mom and dad are fighting. Can you just stop so I can do my thing and get out of here? And then you can go back to fighting. Yep. <laughs> like, that's, that's just his, his personality very much. Very Cade. Um, so the final one that I'm going to read tonight uh, actually kicks off uh, our story. The story of The Guardian. VIP 2014. Yeah, because Cade is uh, a, a member of the Vanguard when our Guardian is first resurrected in Destiny 1. Uh, and we get quite a few orders from him, technically, for the various strikes we go on and, and missions and whatnot. Uh, and... In fact, uh, when you're first resurrected as a guardian, um, you go through a couple missions on the Cosmodrome that uh, you come across the Hive, you know, and that that's where you get the you know the infamous that wizards from the moon mission. Uh, yep. And uh, the fact that Hive are in the Cosmodrome at that point in Destiny's story was a big deal. Um, and so you come back to the tower with that information and you end up talking to Cade to report that you've seen this hive threat uh, on Earth. And Cade sends you off to uh, the moon. <laughs> uh, and so it's the, the flavor text for the mission, though, is kind of fun. Um, so it, it's short, but it's Cade saying to our guardian... Uh, about this situation. We always feared the Hive would rise again, harbingers of the darkness to come. Uh, their presence on Earth demands that we strike their stronghold on the moon, the last place that we found them. Now, a lot of Guardians never come back, especially the new ones. Wait, are you new? Oh, well, I'm sure you'll make it. And that's the end of the flavor text. Awkward. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Awkward. Yeah. But so we have, you know, we go through the events of the main vanilla Destiny 1 um, leading up to the Taken King, where Cade takes a central role in a few things again. Uh, and we will be picking up there in part two. Yeah. Psst. Guardian, take me with you. <laughs>
I love I love that when you we one of his that was one of his idle chats. Like if you if you went and stood yep. next to him in the tower in D one, he'd just whisper that to you. So yeah, that's uh that's Cade. He just he just wants out of the cage. All right. Uh well, let's do some shout outs then. Yep. So I say we've got uh two shout outs for tonight. Um the first is coming to us from a uh, Benjamin, uh, who says, I uh, just got to say, I have recently discovered your podcast and absolutely love it. Once a month, I have to do a drive that's three hours there and three hours back. Uh, and this is all I listen to in the car now. Please don't ever s- stop. Best from London, Benji. Oh, so thank you. Yeah. I love I love that uh, we've got we've global, definitely international. Yeah, I mean yeah, that's no, that's cool. That's it's a long ways away from from us. It's it's kind of surreal to think that other countries are yeah. are listening, but that's super cool. So I'm I'm glad we can give you, you know, something to uh, eat up that that car ride because those are not fun. I don't I don't know that I've ever, my brother's been to London. Uh, I've, I've stopped in the Ireland airport. Does that count? Uh, depends on how technical you want to get. Yeah. That's a different island. So I don't know that that's, uh, yeah, no, I don't, I don't know that I've ever been to, to London. Technically I've never been to Germany either, but I've stopped in the airport or Spain stopped in the airport. Or stopped, Turkey. Stopped in a lot stopped of airports. Airport. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's a long flight from Iraq and Kuwait to the United States. So yeah, yeah you, you got to stop yeah. somewhere to refuel before you jump across the Atlantic. But yes, absolutely. Thank you. Um, we love we love hearing these the, all, all the kind words everyone says. Yeah. So uh, last shout out for this episode comes to us from a Logan. Uh, who says, been listening to you guys for a couple months now, usually while working night shifts, uh, and have made my way through most of your series as well as eagerly listening to whatever to whatever's new that week. Really looking forward to your guys' next episode. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I had to, I had to work nights a few times. Uh, Tis not fun. Back. Yeah, no, I did. The worst part is like I'd I'd have to work the next morning at the same place because usually the night shift that I would have to work was because the night shift called in sick. And I, it's for whatever reason, since I was the closest one that lived to the, to the store, it was like, Hey, you can cover this shift, right? You have nothing to do. And I'm like, I'm the only married person with kids at this job. Maybe find someone else. (laughs) Um, but sure. I suppose I could, uh, cover a shift or two. I do it really grumpily though. But yeah, uh, thank you. And I know how those long shifts go. Yeah. No, I'm glad we can make those a little more enjoyable for you. So, but, uh, but yeah, so a little bit of housekeeping. Um, and we'll put a post up as well. But I currently, as far as scheduling of the next couple episodes, um, we will uh, likely have the episode after this one i will will be part two it may be a little lighter on the editing uh just in the the nature of getting it out on time um and that is just because 
I, I am going to have some, some real life events that are uh, not something I can uh, skip out on to, to record. Um, but yeah, so needless to say, uh, we're going to be taking a week break. I, that will be the week of the 19th that there will not be an episode. Um, or excuse me, that will be the week of the, we won't be recording the week of the 19th. So there will not be an episode on the week of the 26th. Uh, so the first uh, episode you guys get after part two of Cade will be uh, the first week of July. That'll be July 4th, actually. Woohoo. Yeah. We're doing, we're doing a special raid that weekend. I've dubbed it Taking Back the Taken King. Uh, we've done, we've done, uh, our clan has done raids like this. We've done one prior raid like this, uh, where I did the, uh, Christmas raid. Uh, so the only guns allowed were stuff that you got from, uh, Ava Levante. So you could only use grandma guns, uh, cause they were all donning weapons and you got them at Christmas. Uh, and we went to the coldest raid in destiny, which is, uh, DSC. And you had to run the entire raid with just, uh, Christmas weapons. And we did it, and it was super fun, and everybody had an awesome time. So I was like, "I'm gonna do another one of these." Yeah, no, that the the uh, Christmas theme raid was a good time. So I'd, I'm quite looking forward to this. I'm I'm cheating and bringing Whisper the Worm. Cheater! You're not allowed to cheat when you made the rules. It does have a taken appearance, so I'm bringing it. Oh my god! <laughs> is that is that no? It's just lucky myth. It's not cheating. <laughs> yeah. It's just a really lucky gun. I like it. I'm using that now. That's that's it. Yep. One of our other guys is like, I'm using the sword, and I'm like, uh, maybe don't do that. <laughs> I guess I guess I gotta give a thank you real quick. Okay. Um thank you, the idea of a hunter marine uh cat that now lives rent free in my brain. Yep. Yep, it does. And all of your brains now too. <laughs> all right myth give our little spiel or where to find us and stuff yeah so i uh, say if you liked what you heard please feel free to leave a review on your listening platform of choice uh if that platform allows you to leave a text review and you feel strongly enough to do so we encourage you to we enjoy reading those uh or you can reach out to us on uh twitter at myths and stories with a z instead of an s uh, we read through those as well, and may hear yourself on a future shout-out. Yeah. All righty. Uh, well, anything else, Smith, then? No, that's it. All right. Well, then from all of us Lord Daddies to all of you Guardians out there, we'll see you next week. <laughs>